We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS MLB Podcast Wednesday edition. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno. I'm joined once again by John McKechnie, and we always look forward to working together on this pod to bring you our best FanDuel plays for the Wednesday baseball schedule. John, as we near the All-Star break, talk is revolving around ba- the baseballs that appear to be different from recent years. The tightness of the stringing seems to be making the ball harder, balls harder in terms of consistency, and uh, uh, two net results are very relevant. The balls are traveling farther and farther, and more pitchers are reporting blister issues or finger inch issues of late. Are those are these things related? Are, uh, do you have any thoughts on these matters? Uh, I think it definitely makes sense that, that um, pitchers are starting to to uh, incur these blister issues because uh, you know with the lower uh, seams uh, they they have to grip the ball a little bit harder and you know it causes more friction on the finger and you know they're getting the blisters from that. Uh, obviously, we see it you know <laughs> almost all the time from Rich Hill. I know Marcus Stroman uh, mentioned that as well recently. So it it is a bit of an issue and obviously uh, it's a dis- it's a disadvantage for the pitchers and additionally uh, it's obviously uh, helping out the hit- helping out the hitters. You know the the um, they're just able to hit to the ball is just traveling a lot farther these days uh, as a result of these uh, lower seams. You know, the pitchers just aren't uh, able to command it as well. And the hitters are just punishing pitchers for it. Absolutely. And you can add David Price to that mix. Uh, another high profile pitcher who left the game yesterday with a bit of a fingernail issue. I'm sure that's all related too. Mm-hmm. so uh, the powers that be have to be concerned that uh, 
you know, we, we already had concerns with pitchers in the last couple of years with the, to- the inc- high incidence of Tommy John. That's been replaced now by these finger and blister problems, and certainly the, the seams on the ball, is it's the big issue, uh, as you identified. And looking ahead to the All-Star game, there, there's almost a greater anticipation over the home run derby because of a special delivery of balls, I'm told, that are even tighter, tight, more tightly wound and, and are designed to travel even further than what we've seen over the regular season. Uh, are you interested in that contest more than the actual game, John, the hitting contest that's coming up? I think I might be. And, you know, part of that part of that might just be because uh, the home field advantage for whomever uh, wins it uh, will have no impact on the Orioles. Uh, so that <laughs> that drives days. down my, my interest a little <laughs> bit. Um, but I think, you know, regardless of that fact, uh, the, the fact that we're getting we're getting Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, uh, in Miami, I think that's just gonna, it's going to be one of the better home run derbies we've seen in recent years. I know uh, it's a bigger park, you know, sort of akin to uh, Petco where it was last year. But I think, you know, obviously uh, the ball is flying a little bit further this year. And, and we have, you know, some of the best mashers in the game uh, agreeing to participate. So I, I, I really am looking forward to the home, home run derby this year. John, uh, turning our attention to the trade, uh, upcoming trade deadline, July 31st, there's two levels of trade pieces that exist on most teams. One features the traditional rental player on the fringe of free agency, but another features the controllable player who will be a better fit elsewhere as his team tries to get younger and rebuild, while other teams might look at that incoming piece as, a, as one that they really need right now. We spoke of Sonny Gray in this regard last week. Uh, if Toronto goes this route, teams are going to come calling about Stroman or Hap. Uh, do you, as the Jays' de facto GM in that instance, do you entertain offers for those players who are more cost-effective due to age or co- current contract term? Uh, I'd have a hard time uh, parting with Stroman. I'd have to be completely blown away by a trade offer. You know, I'd be getting uh, sort of like a, a Yankees, a, a, what they got for uh, Andrew Miller-esque haul. And, you know, obviously they they traded Miller for a bit of a rental, but uh, the Indians were able to get him back. And uh, Chapman, they also got some good prospects for the Cubs. Um, so I, I would have a really hard time uh, parting ways with Stroman, considering the age and the team control. Uh, I think Hap, if you know, a, a team that's in win now mode, uh, wanted a rental on him. I would certainly entertain an offer and, you know, not expect a ton in return, but you know, if you can get one or two pieces back, uh, for, you know, a durable, solid left-handed starter like Hap, then I think you'd have to pull a trigger there if you're Toronto. You see, this is why John's an upcoming guy, up and coming guy in the whole world of fantasy baseball, because he really knows his stuff. You can ask him anything. We didn't prep on this at all. And you got great answers on the fly. Appreciate you. Uh, John, before we get into our breakdown of top FanDuel picks for tonight's games, I'll invite our listeners to remind them to follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow John at Johnny McKex. All right, let's go through the matchups for the quick preview of projected starters for tonight's slate. John, reminding our listeners we're going to bypass the early games and start with the 7 o'clock Eastern Standard starts. Take it away, bud. All right, we're starting us off tonight. We're going to have the Pirates uh, with Garrett Cole going back to the mound, six and seven record, four five one ERA uh, at Philadelphia with with uh, the rookie Ben Lively taking the mound. Ben Lively with the three seven two ERA, but a one and three record. Pirates slight uh, road favorites there, minus one forty eight with an over under of nine flat. Uh, it's seven five start. Then we're going to have a nice pitching matchup in the nation's capital with Tanner Roark and the Nationals uh, going against uh, the Mets and Jacob Degrom. 
DeGrom uh, comes in with an 8-3 and three record, 3-5-5 three, five, five ERA. Uh, the Mets, slight road favorites there, minus 108. Uh, the over-under there also at a 9. Uh, then we have the Padres with Luis Perdomo uh, taking the mound with his 3-4 and four record, 4-7-1 ERA. At Cleveland uh, with Trevor Bauer, uh, you never know what you're going to get out of Trevor Bauer, but he, he has a seven and six record, five two four ERA. Uh, the the Indians are heavy road or home favorites here at a minus two forty one uh, over under at nine. Then we have the Giants with Ty Block, uh, five and five record, four six ERA, going to Detroit to face Daniel Norris and the Tigers four and six record for Norris uh, with a five flat ERA. The Tigers are pretty heavily favored here minus 178 and it, we have a high projected over under there at 10. Uh, then we're going to move out to Milwaukee with uh, the Orioles uh, recently recalling Jason Aquino uh, to make a spot start in place of Chris Toman one and one record for with a nine ERA for him uh, going to Milwaukee to face Matt Garza and the Brewers three and four record four three six ERA for him. Him. Brewers slight home favorites minus 128 with a 10 and a half uh, over under there so a lot of runs expected to be scored there then we're going to have the Astros with Joe Musgrove four and seven record 601 ERA uh, going to Atlanta to face Jaime Garcia and the Braves Astros minus 133 uh, favorites over under sitting at a nine and a half that last one kind of surprises me I, th- I figured the Astros to be a much heavier favorite but I guess that's yeah, a, same. a nod to the heart of the order in Atlanta that can jump up and bite you as I talked last week and Musgrove's kind of been hit and miss uh, oh yeah uh, all, all that factors into dampening this thing a little bit but I still like Astros in that one I'll take the rest of them John we got the Red Sox and uh Recently acquired Doug Fister, 0-1 in that uh, first start with a 4.91 ERA at Texas against Andrew Kashner. He's got a lousy record of 3-7, and but a decent ERA at 3.87. It's a slight favorite for the Texas Rangers at home, minus 107. The, uh, they're expecting a lot of runs here. The over-under is set at 11 for that 8 o'clock start. Then the Angels throw Parker Brid- Bridwell at 2-1 mark with a 3.95 ERA against Minnesota and one of the surprise pitching performances of the year by Urban Santana, 10-5 and with a 3.07 ERA. The homestanding Twins are a minus 168 favorite. The over-under set at 10 for that 8-10 start. Then up next, we got the Marlins. Uh, Edinson Volquez, a 4-8 and record, a 3.97 ERA at St. Louis against Mike Leak, who's been pretty st- solid despite a 6-6 record, only a 2.97 ERA. The homestanding cards are a 134 favorite. The over-under set at 9 for that 8-15 start. The Reds uh, uh, throw Scott Feldman, 7-5 uh, mark, 3.78 ERA at Colorado versus John Gray, 1-0 and is the record for him, a 393 ERA, homestanding Rockies, 150 favorite, the over-under set at a typically high 11 for that uh, home game in Colorado in the high altitude, 840 is the start time there. Then uh, in the latter part of the slate, we got the K- Casey Royals and Jason Vargas bringing a great 12-3 and record, a 222 ERA into Seattle against Ariel Miranda, and a 7-4 and mark there, a 382 ERA, and uh, the home standing Mariners are a 382 uh, 127 favorite with the over-under set at eight and a half for that 10-10 start and finally the D-backs and the Dodgers that's a series that everybody's been looking forward to for a while now it's happening Zach Godley throws for the visitors three and two record with the 267 ERA at the Dodgers and Alex Wood who's undefeated at nine and zero, with a sparkling 183 ERA the over-under favors the home uh, hometown Dodgers a minus 
217 with an over-under set at eight flat. That's the lowest over-under on the, on the night, and it's a, a nod to the quality of both pitchers there, John. And Absolutely. Playing in Chavez Ravine. All right, partner, let's get into it. Talking about the starting pitchers, let's take a look at the top end of the FanDuel board for tonight's action, where we see Jason DeGrom and Wood as the class of today's field, according to FanDuel. If you had to choose one of these two guys, which would it be? Uh, I got to hand the nod to to Alex Wood. I think he's he's obviously the more cost effective of the two. Uh, both of these guys, their prices are down from from where they were. I believe when they made their last starts on Friday, Degrom was completely cost prohibitive. At you know he was like at twelve thousand. You know you're only paying paying that much if you're getting Kershaw or Scherzer at this point. Uh, and as good as Degrom has been, uh, as reliable as he's been with the strikeouts, uh, I I didn't think he was worth it at twelve thousand. And I think it's it's tough to start him against that that. Washington lineup that uh, obviously it, it's not at full strength right now considering the injuries Eaton's been out for for forever uh, Turner you know that that's one less uh, threat on the base paths uh, that that he has to be concerned with but I still just give the nod to Wood he's just been uh, dominant across the season you know be, people have been kind of waiting for him to cool off but it just really hasn't happened he's got a 183 uh, ERA at home uh, he's got a seven to one uh, strikeout to walk ratio there, uh, and Diamondbacks just really aren't the same team on the road that they are, that they are at home. Uh, they're twenty six in terms of weighted on base uh, on the road there, so that this really isn't uh, as venomous a Diamondbacks lineup as you might expect uh, when they, when they're uh, out of their home ballpark there. So I give the nod to Wood here. Venomous Diamondbacks offense. I like that. That's very good. <laughs> John, good call there. I mean, the quality of the offenses that both these pitchers uh, face, if you look at it uh, uh, quickly, you think, oh boy, they're up against it with Washington and Arizona providing the opposition. But I like the case you made for Wood, and I agree with you. That's where I would lean to. But yeah, I think we're both going to find our our guy uh, for tonight's action in the next range, John. And that's why I'd like to focus a little bit more on the guys in the 8,000 range from Jason Vargas at 8,800 down to Mike Leak, let's say, at $8,000. In this group, I like Garrett Cole a lot. I'm looking at the win probability here most of all against the the, uh, low-hanging fruit that is the Philadelphia Phillies. And Garrett Cole, although he got rocked a little bit in his last start, the previous three he was right on the top of his game. The strikeout rate is there. And if he can hold this team down even to two or three runs, I think that Pittsburgh's got enough uh, in their arsenal to take the the, the Phillies uh, to the woodshed tonight. So uh, mm-hmm. based on uh, win probability alone, that's that's my call in this range. But I want you to help me break down the rest of the guys. Who do you like in this 8,000 grouping? Well, as you mentioned, Santana has been one of the more uh, pleasant surprises in all of baseball among starters this season. But his numbers are a little bit shakier at home than they are on the road. Um, so I, I'm not quite sure if I'm if I'm giving him the lean uh, this evening, especially uh, considering who else is on the board. Um, even with uh, the Angels coming to town, and that you know, obviously they don't have Mike Trout, so that certainly helps matters. But uh, I, him and him and Jason Vargas kind of are are in a similar boat to me because it, both of them have good uh, win probabilities this evening. Um, but neither of the, neither of them offer the the strikeout upside that I'm really looking for, especially in a, in a tournament type play. Um, so I'm probably avoiding both of them like the win probability. Like I said, like the quality start probability, but um, the, the lack of strikeouts uh, 
turns me away from both Vargas and Santana. Um, how do you feel on Trevor Bauer this evening going, well, you know, at home against the Padres? Again, to touch on the comment you made about win probability, it certainly is there. Cleveland's offense was held in check last night, a one nothing loser to San Diego in the opener of that series. I don't see a repeat of that low-scoring game. Bauer, for his part, has kind of been hit or miss in the last little while, but you have to like the win probability against a Louis Perdomo who's been fair to middling uh, all season long. The ERA is a 4.71. I think I think the Indians offense is going to be hard to keep under wraps two nights in a row and I look yes. for them to come up big and so that that just gives me a bit of more incentive to look at Bauer but uh, I'm going to stick with my call in this group that Garrett Cole is the guy that I like the most out of this this uh, section of the board if we went value hunting uh, below this 8,000 mark are there any guys that you might look at as a bit of a flyer uh, I know that the Tanner Roark ha- has pretty good uh, numbers against some of the some of those Mets bats uh, and the Mets offense has been uh, hit or miss. But uh, it, it's it's hard to, you know, other than Scherzer right now, it seems like using a national starter, you're, you're playing with fire a little bit because unless they go for a complete game, they're turning it over to the bullpen. And, you know, you your win, you, you know, what could look like a you know seven strong innings of, of shutout ball uh gets completely evaporated by that terrible bullpen and uh, the same can be said actually of the Mets bullpen and the Rangers bullpen some of the worst uh, bullpens in baseball so that kind of sh- makes me shy away from a guy like Tanner Roark even though he is uh nicely priced at 7600 uh, a guy like Ty Block um you know kind of a soft tossing lefty I, I like him for season long but for daily it's kind of i have a hard time justifying using him uh you know similar reasons that i mentioned before the the low strikeout upside uh being the chief issue uh with me there so it the, the uh boy the the, the pitching slate tonight is really really uh sketchy once you get down below that eight thousand mark i mean uh the optimizer and i both feel like john gray might be if you're feeling extra bold or you're making a, a several lineups john gray at home uh in course field uh he might be a guy i'd consider but it's really tough for me to justify using anyone else in this range yeah i'm gonna add the name of uh joe musgrove into your group he got shelled his last time out at seattle mm-hmm. but you look at a couple of his starts more in this last five starts that he's had the strikeout rate's been there. He's had six uh, strikeout games of six and seven. Uh, the win probability obviously high. Anytime Houston Astros are, are behind you offensively. So uh, I could make a case for him strictly on the ter- tournament play basis. If you want to look at an outlier type pick, Joe Musgrove is that guy for me. John, before we go on to the rest of the slate, I want to give a nod to our friends at FanDuel who've treated us to uh, a great uh, rotowire staff free roll i'm going to get you to to chime in on that in a minute this find out how you did because i was not party to it this time around so i'm curious to know how that went down you can give us a bit of a rundown but sure we want to remind everybody that fanduel is uh, fa- provided fantasy baseball for everyday fans all season long of course there's new contests starting every day no busted seasons just pick a contest choose your team and compete against each other and uh, new this year, they've upgraded the experience with late swap contests, which has made it more fun for those of us who used to get blown out early just because of a rain out or, or roster scratches. Now you can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual games. There's no more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm. Non-late swap contests are still available 
two. And there's updated scoring where, of course, quality starts were added, so your pitchers will have more control over their own performance, and it really behooves everybody to get the winning pitcher right and score those extra points for the, the longer outing. Uh, we have a friends mode. We've certainly enjoyed that with Rotowire Staff League, where you create a league for your friends, choose the days you play each week, contests will be created automatically, plus there's a leaderboard that keeps track of how you all stack up against each other. Now, John, how did it wind up uh, in the FanDuel final? Uh, once again, I, I kind of choked, uh, honestly, you know, last year I sort of got too cute with my lineup. Uh, I tried to be a little bit more straightforward, go with my gut, uh, this time around. And, uh, my gut, my gut lied to me. I don't know, man. It just, uh, I just did not, uh, <laughs> string together a great lineup, uh, last Wednesday for, for that uh, particular contest for that particular slate. So I was a little bit disappointed, but, uh, I'm looking to get back on the horse, uh, this week. Do you know who won? Um, I believe it was uh, Jake Letarski. Uh, so he's he's a guy that does um, a fair bit of our our DFS football podcast. So he he did a really great job. He had a bunch of entries, and I think he, he I think he had at least two lineups uh, finish in the top ten. So he good, did a great job good for Jake. Well, the drinks are on him in Vegas. Then let's leave. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, then we'll remind our listeners: have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer at FanDuel. You can be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com/rw. In fact, there's a special offer for new users. Deposit today, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RW. All right, John, let's go to our position-by-position picks and see if we can help our listeners make some money. Beginning with the catchers, where we see five guys over the $3,000 mark. Uh, any of the, these guys jump up for you over the pack? Uh, yeah, and, and you know, I think generally you and I both agree that we, we tend to go down the board a fair bit uh, on catcher to, to kind of be able to to load up uh, at other positions, but Buster Posey's just at th- at thirty five hundred. That's not particularly cost prohibitive for the top option at a given position. Uh, so he's going against a left hander. Uh, he's got a three eighty average, one point uh, or an OPS well over a thousand against lefties, with five of his home runs coming against them as well. So I, I just think at thirty five hundred, uh, that that's really uh, an awesome deal uh, to get a, a bat as quality as Buster Posey's. Whereas you know some of these other guys uh, in this tier are just kind of getting the the requisite uh, course field bump. Your Devin Mezzarocco's, your your Tony Walters, your Tom Murphy's. Um, Mesoraco, obviously the best of that uh, little grouping there because he's got the mo- most extra base hit upside. Whereas a guy like Tony Walters, you you know, you're just kind of hoping he gets on base two or three times somehow. Uh, so I think the ceiling is relatively low for him. Um, obviously, uh, guys like Salvador Perez and Yasmani Grandal, both of them uh, draw good matchups. But I, I'm a little bit off of Grandal because I believe he is facing a, le- a lefty tonight. And usually he does his best work uh, when he's hitting. Uh, oh, no, he's going against a right-hander. My fault. Um, so actually, uh, Grandal might be, actually be a pretty solid play this evening. Well, I like Grandal a lot. And I was going to jump in and say, yeah, I like him because of that matchup tonight. And plus the fact that he has the best mark of any catcher in terms of what have you done lately. In the last week, 296 batting average, two homers, four RBIs. Puts him at the top of the board in terms of uh, the hottest hitting catchers right now. Certainly if you take everything into consideration. And uh, I'll go with him in this grouping over the rest of the pack. Last week I made a case for uh, Perez. The week before, a guy in the next range, uh, JT Realmuto, who tops the group that I want to discuss next. 
AJ, that's the group from, let's say, 3,000 on down to the bottom. There's a whole bunch of guys right at 3,000. Real Muto, for me, uh, you can make a case for him. Alex Avila, we've talked about him uh, throughout the season. He's had a, a pretty solid year, and he gets a lefty-on-lefty matchup, which, which might tend to have people shy away. But I like the fact that he's hitting for the 308 average. Some power numbers are there, too. Uh, this guy knows how to get on base better than most other catchers. And the fact of the matter is his offensive numbers are better than they usually are uh, this late into the season. So another guy that I like in this mix, mix despite the lefty-on-lefty matchup. Uh, yeah, I know. I definitely like that call as well a little bit. Um, I think a guy like Evan Gaddis uh, going against a left-hander uh, in Atlanta, um, in SunTrust Park, in, in a park where, where the ball, or, you know, a park that is really shown to be uh, extremely hitter friendly. And I, I imagine that Houston uh, might sit Brian McCann against a lefty. So that, that definitely ups uh, Gaddis's chances of getting into the lineup. Again, you're going to have to, you know, check out our lineups page uh, before lineup lock uh, to make sure that he's in. But if he is uh, 2,900 uh, for a guy like Gaddis with that kind of pop in, in that, uh, you know, hitter friendly of a ballpark. I think that he's uh, one of my favorite sub 3000 guys. I think a, a guy like Robinson Chirinos also makes some sense. He's got uh, one of the highest home runs uh, per at bat uh, rates in all of baseball as well. So he's a guy that I, I'm looking for. So I don't think you need to go much lower than, than that 2900 uh, area this evening to find your catcher. I'm going to sneak one more in there just below that, John, to, to debunk. Maybe this is worth, worth a loony on, on this one. Yadi Molina, for me, is a guy who's turned it on more recently, uh, looking like the all, perennial all-star that he's been throughout much of his career. Gets a good matchup. He's hitting the ball hard of late, and uh, I'll take the hot bat, uh, one of the hotter bats behind the plate, uh, uh, on a bit of a flyer at $2,800 in, in at least one of my lineups tonight. Give me some flexibility elsewhere with that low price tag too so we'll see how that plays out at first base then we go to the top of the board we see three guys at four four thousand plus but one of them is uh day-to-day with a hip injury so don't go to miggy cabrera we've seen paul goldschmidt's price tag drop for another week but i think that's part and parcel due to the matchup that he has tonight a tough one joey Votto at the top of the board as well who do you like as the top end uh, of the board uh, unfolds to you in the first base position you know, it, it, going Goldschmidt and saving saving yourself seven hundred from from where uh, the top first baseman is is always you know something that, you, that you'll have to put some consideration into. And he's facing a left hander, but it is a tough left hander in, in Alex Wood. So I think Votto um, at Coors Field. I think that forty eight hundred dollar price tag will probably uh, steer down uh, some of his ownership percentage. Not 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 a ton. I, I imagine he'll still be double digit uh, owned in most in most tournaments. But I, I think that. 4,800 really isn't all that bad, all things considered, uh, when you got a hitter of that quality in Joey Votto uh, playing in a field like Coors. I love that call. Of course, people might shy away from the Goldsmith matchup just because of the quality of Alex Wood so far this year, but it's still Paul Goldschmidt and $4,100. Exactly. You'll never see that price tag again this season, I don't yeah. think. So uh, other than those two tempting options, there's a whole mitful in the 3,500-plus range at first base. So why don't we take a look at some of those guys, uh, John? I think uh, probably my favorite one is Mark Reynolds, uh, you know, on the other side of that Coors Field game. Uh, He's checking in at 3,900, going against Cincinnati. Um, He's got uh, an OPS well north of 1,000, and 13 of his home runs uh, have come uh, at home. So I think that he's a very intriguing option. 
there. And then uh, Bellinger, you know, he draws a right-hander, so I think that he uh, warrants some consideration. Uh, Yuli Gurriel going against a lefty um, in, the, in that uh, ballpark where there's a, a ton of runs expected to be scored. Um, I think he also uh, makes a bit of sense. Uh, Hanley Ramirez is a guy that I've I've tried to use several times this year, and I know he's coming around of late, but I still have a, even against Kashner, I still feel, have a little bit of a tough time uh, justifying using him when I can go get a guy like Mark Reynolds for just 300 more. Well, you know what? I saw way too much of Hanley Ramirez against the Blue Jays this weekend, and man, is this guy raking. He he hit everything on the weekend. I mean, yes, he did. leading the pack there, they put a real whipping on the hometown team and uh, yeah that sunday game yeah i scored it and it wasn't pleasant but uh, but ramirez uh, on fire of late so again i look for the hot stick and like you said the opposition on the mound not that intimidating when you look at the fact that it's andrew kashner who's got the awful one loss and the the era and the high three three so uh, susceptible to the long ball as well so uh, give me a piece of that action too Uh, i'll shy away from guys like hosmer and a couple others here who have the same side hitting as there's the bound opponents so i'll shy away from him despite the high batting average on the season mm-hmm. don't be fooled by that because he struggled against lefties and this is another tough one that he faces today so uh, and eric thames is in the same boat i'm kind of wondering how that's going to play out today against uh, uh, an unknown for me what do you know about jason aquino that you might like to share with the class um you know he's a guy that that you know he's a he's a left-hander that was acquired in the offseason uh you know just kind of like a a spare arm he spent most of the season down at at triple a norfolk so uh the the one thing working in his favor i imagine is that uh he is a lefty and there there probably isn't a huge book out on him uh but at the same time uh thames is has just had such a tremendous season I, i think that maybe his ownership will be up a little bit elevated a little bit today because of uh his recent uh, home run uh, re-uptick, as it were, you know, I think he went yard uh, twice on uh, Tuesday. Um, so, you know, lefty matchup here, a little bit tougher, but he still has six home runs uh, and 67 at-bats against left-handed pitching this season. So that's still a pretty pretty strong rate there. And I think Aquino uh, is a guy that, that isn't long for that game. So you get to the Orioles' bullpen a little bit, and when it's not Brock, or O'Day, I think that's a very hittable bullpen. So I actually do like Thames a fair bit uh, at 3,400, even though it is a lefty-lefty matchup. I'll throw another name out for your consideration, and then, and then we'll take it down the board. But uh, I like Joe Maurer a lot in, in the matchup that he has against a, a relatively untried uh, youngster in Parker Bridwell. Uh, Maurer, for his part, seeing the ball very well and hitting it but very hard of late. This guy looks like uh, he's rejuvenated a little bit, uh, turning back the clock, as it were, putting together mm-hmm. a very fine offensive season for a team that's in uh, contention no question the Twinkies are are having a great year and Maurer's been front and center there so I'll take a piece of him given the quality of that mismatch that I see are there any others in this range or below that uh, might be value plays for you uh, I think I think you nailed it with, uh, with Maurer. I love that 3,300 price tag, and uh, his on base, you know, gives him such a such a high floor that you almost expect him to go double digits, you know, potentially from like walks and singles alone. Um, so he he just is a is an excellent safe option uh, for you this evening. Uh, I think a guy like Justin Bohr, even though he is going against uh, Mike Leak, who, who's having a, a really strong season overall. Uh, you know, this is a matchup where he where he draws a platoon advantage. Uh, going against a right-hander and Bohr has uh, tremendous pop he's you know despite a disabled list stint uh, earlier in the season he still has 18 home runs 
I feel like that's that's a very strong mark, and he hits in a you know middle third of that of that uh, Marlins lineup that has a lot of uh, quality bats in it. Um, so I think if you want to go you know down to this range, I think that he makes some sense, uh, and then below three thousand, uh, my guy Trey Mancini. Uh, you know he's a, he's a, he's about as quality of a hitter as the Orioles have in their lineup right now in terms of actual production, uh, and he's just twenty nine hundred going against Matt Garza. So I think that he makes some sense as well. I wonder how many people might take a shot at Ryan Ryan Zimmerman tonight. He's got the tough matchup against Degrom, but uh, struggling a little bit offensively as well makes me totally shy away from him. Uh, despite me too. The offensive mathematics that are the first thing you see when you pull up his profile. He's not going well. Lousy matchup. I'm fading him, and I recommend that everybody does. Uh, Absolutely that one let's go over to the second base position and i might surprise you with something nice to say about a certain batter in the top end of this range thirty five hundred dollars and up features six batters i'm going to tell you i'm, I'm not going to say the guy's name because i vowed <laughs> never to do that again but there's a certain second baseman in texas who's finally picked it up a little bit of late and he merits consideration at the thirty five hundred dollar price tag you can share the name with with, the, with our listeners i won't uh, <laughs> he's playing against boston and plays regular second base for the Rangers. That's all I'll say. Yep, yep. Mr. Odor uh, checking in at 3,500. And, uh, you know, he gets that matchup against Fister at home with the, the righty-lefty matchup. I like that call a lot this evening. I think that, you know, Odor's been a guy that's been a little bit uh, of an, enig- an enigma for most of the season here. But, uh, you know, he's starting to turn things around. Uh, and like I said, the platoon advantage plus the ball uh, flies out in Texas a fair bit. So I, I like hit, I like your call uh, with that a fair bit. You know, when you're considering who else is priced where uh, in this upper tier, I mean, if, if you can afford Jose Altuve at 3,900, go for it. But, you know, are you really paying 3,800 for, for Scooter Jeanette? Are you paying 3,700 <laughs> for Cano uh, against a left-hander, a very tough left-hander in, in uh, Jason Vargas? Uh, probably not. So I, I love that Odor call. Yeah, and I mean, uh, let's give a nod to Scooter. Uh, I, he's one of the greatest names in the in the game right now. Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> so, and he's going well of late too. So, uh, I like the matchup: lefty versus righty against John Gray. The ball flies in that park. We know that, sure. and we know that Scooter's been able to put it over the wall a few times, including that four homer game. That I don't think you're over it yet. But, <laughs> but <laughs> that, uh, it's, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> what about the next group, John? Taking it down from thirty four hundred down to thirty one hundred. A bunch of other names that might merit consideration certainly in this group uh, i think J- guy, guy and jonathan scope uh warrants some consideration at, at 3400 yeah. uh in milwaukee he was he was responsible for both of uh the orioles runs uh in that loss on tuesday he hit an absolute bomb uh in the ninth inning um daniel murphy i think that 3400 is one of the better uh plays tonight I, you know he's a guy that uh, going against Degrom, i think drives down his ownership percentage a fair bit here but um you know that's that's just a really tough Nationals lineup he's a part of. So like I like I said earlier, I don't trust that Degrom uh, is going to be able to give the Mets you know that eight innings that that they kind of need uh, <laughs> in order for them to get the win there. So turn it over to the Mets bullpen and you know Murphy's a guy that's just completely punished his his former team. I think he's gotten on base against them or gotten a hit against them in thirty of his thirty one games uh, since joining the Nationals there. So Murphy, despite the tough matchup. Uh, I really like him a lot at, at this price. In this price zone, I like uh, Whit Merrifield for Kansas City against Seattle. He gets a favorable righty-lefty matchup. He's been hitting the cover off the ball in the last half yeah. dozen games. So I like that hot stick in this matchup, a spacious ballpark that might suit a spray hitter like Merrifield. And uh, so that's 
possibly money well spent in my book uh, uh, in this grouping. What about any other uh, outliers on the rest of this page, John, at, at the third, second base position? Uh, I, I've, I've turned to Paul DeYoung a fair bit uh, at the second base spot, um, you know, since he's been up because uh, he's a guy that brings a little bit more pop upside than most of your uh, value second base options. He does have a nice uh, kind of uppercut home run swing. Uh, so he's able to put it out a little bit, and I believe he's going against uh, Volquez this evening. Uh, so I think that's that's you know something to consider at twenty six hundred if you're going uh, you know if you're going bargain hunting at the second base spot. John, I've seen Brandon Drury priced at $2,500. I don't quite Mm -hmm. understand that one. I mean, it's a tough matchup. There's no question. But this guy's hit all season long. And and, uh, price down here among the dregs, I'm I'm shocked because his FanDuel average per play play is almost nine points per game, which stands out above the rest rest of the class down here. This is true. I I guess it's a matchup, maybe. Matchup is tough. And uh, his numbers, you know, he's kind of has reverse splits, oddly enough. He's, you know, a 239 hitter against lefties uh and him just sort of like the rest of that diamondbacks lineup doesn't do as well on the road he's got an ops of 616 uh on the on the road as opposed to one that's you know scraping close to a thousand uh when he's at home at chase field so he's just not the same hitter against lefties not the same hitter on the road so that that's the only reason i can think of uh as to why he's priced down at 2500 but it definitely jumped out to me to see him in that range and i had to take a look into that and see and see you know what possibly was the rationale behind it you see folks i just served up an 80 80 mile an hour shot right down the middle and this guy john uh, aaron judge mckechnie just <laughs> dented the outfield seats with it again that was a great analysis john and i'm buying it appreciate uh, you what about the next position we're going to take a look at is the third base spot uh there's of course class of the field is nolan arenado behind him jose ramirez who's been on really raking of late do you like either one of these two guys or do you want to take us down into the range uh, above 3500 there's three other names we can look at here in beltre shaw and sano uh, I think of the of this kind of upper class uh, of third baseman. I think Arenado is a little bit uh, cost prohibitive to me, and I, I know that I mentioned that Votto is a good deal at forty eight hundred earlier. But um, I, you know, we always see Arenado at at this type of price. Uh, certainly can be worth it, but I'm probably not uh, going that route uh, this evening. I. I Ramirez, obviously, he's having an amazing season, uh, you know, bringing a lot more uh, pop upside than, than we've seen uh, in recent years from him. But I think that my, my guy uh, for in terms of upside and value here has got to be Sano. I think people are going to be point chasing with Travis Shaw a little bit today, uh, whereas I think Sano uh, getting the Parker Bridwell matchup, um, you know, if Bridwell is to miss his spots. So no, is absolutely going to make him pay. Um, so thirty seven hundred for for that sort of matchup is it, that really stood out to me among these upper tier uh, third basemen. I think that is the call in this group. Uh, I mean, sentimental people like me who like Adrian Beltre could make a case for him. He's hitting the ball well of late and looking like the future Hall of Famer has got his game in order again offensively against Boston and a very hittable opponent who he knows quite well. But Sano is definitely the case uh, that stands above the field in this group, John. I agree with that call. What about guys in the next range, uh, 3,500 and down? Um, you know, generally, I, d- I don't like to go with, with narrative chasing. Um, but Justin Turner, it feels like, is is hitting that extra gear to kind of get himself 
uh, into the all-star game a little bit and, you know, kind of reminding everyone why he really should be uh, in that game. He's really had a tremendous season uh, and his numbers, whereas last year he was uh, going against uh, left-handers, you know, hitting just uh, like 209. He's completely turned it around in that regard, hitting over 400 against lefties, 362 against righties. So that's what he gets uh, on the docket tonight. He doesn't have a ton of home run upside that, that you would like, but um, you like him to get, you know, a few extra base hits uh, in, the, in this type of matchup, especially considering uh, how he's been hitting uh, in recent weeks. So I think he's making that final push. And I think that he's a guy at 3,400 that it's going to be hard to, to go away from him if you're making multiple lineups. Well, I'm going to go with Justin Turner in this group. How can you not? Look at the batting average, <laughs> 380 yeah, something. It's ridiculous. It's out of sight. And yet priced at only $3,400. That's, that's dampened, of course, by the fact that it's a game in Los Angeles against a tough mound opponent, I suppose. And, and uh, making the case... Uh, for godly i guess uh, overstating his value in my opinion i, I, I just think that uh, turner is too good a guy to pass up in mm-hmm. this price range when you got the likes of mustakas against the lefty right around jake lamb on the road you made that case freddie freeman against musgrove is an interesting one at thirty five hundred dollars we could look at that again a little bit but are there any others in this three thousand plus range up to thirty four hundred that, uh, that have caught your attention yeah, I do. I do think that you you bring up. Uh, it's good that you bring up a uh, guy in Freddie Freeman. So this is what his uh, his second day back. Uh, he goes against Musgrove, who I think has been pretty hittable, uh, despite um, you know some decent strikeout outings. I think that he he in general allows too many base runners, and uh, I like that we're getting to get Freeman uh, at third base as opposed to you know having to choose him over a guy like Paul Goldschmidt like we used to uh, earlier in the season. So at thirty five hundred. Um, you know, with the platoon advantage here and, and, you know, he's only going to get more and more comfortable at the plate. We're, not, we're probably not going to see Freeman in, in this price range for much longer. So uh, get it while you can. Uh, I think tonight at Sun, at, you know, SunTrust Park, uh, certainly uh, a guide to consider. And then we move over to third base, John. And uh, the top of the board features a couple of guys with injury concerns. Of course, Trey Turner, you, meant, you alluded to the fact he's hurt with a wrist injury. He's on the DL. Carlos Correa is day-to-day with a thumb injury. So we got to turn our attention to the next guy at the top of the board, Corey Seager. And uh, three other guys above the $3,500 range in Zach Cozart, Trevor Story, and Xander Bogarts. Again, for me, Xander Bogarts uh, is a guy I saw too much of on the past weekend. And uh, the Boston team going into a very hitter-friendly park uh, could be more of the same for the homestanding Rangers tonight in terms of what they see from the visitors. And Bogarts will tend to be front and center in there. Top of the order kind of bat at $3,600 with the matchup that he has tonight. Very attractive to me in this range. Um, I, I, I definitely see what you're saying there. And then I think Cozart um, at 3,700, you know, a lot, a lot of players always get that uh, that price bump when they're when they're playing in cores. And I know that Cozart hasn't been uh, as hot since he returned from the dis- from the disabled list. Uh, but I mean, 3,700 when he, when he's at cores, you know, cores can kind of uh, cure, uh, cures what ails you. Uh, you know, I think so. Cozart is a, is a definitely uh, one of the better options at the upper end of the board uh, as far as shortstops are concerned. If we take it into the next group, John, the guy that I like is a guy that's back in the lineup for Seattle, and he's hitting up a storm, and that's Gene Segura. I've got him in season long, and I'm glad to see him back because it's a dynasty league, and he has hit the ground running with a couple of multi-hit games of late. I like that hot stick in the, in the, at the top of the order for the Mariners and he'll definitely find his way into at least one of my lineups tonight what say you about him or anybody else in this 3000 to $3,400 range 
Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a tough matchup for Segura, but uh, I definitely, you know, am with you there. And he draws the lefty-righty, uh, you know, hitting well over 340 on the season. So he's he's definitely a, a solid option. I think Lindor uh, at 3,300, I know his recent his name sort of outweighs his recent production. Uh, but, you know, getting a matchup against the Padres uh, for just 3,300 for a hitter that quality and a lineup that quality, uh, I think that he makes some sense as well. What about if we dip down below the three, Mark? Are there any guys that are kind of uh, home run or outlier plays for you? Um, it's kind of like what I said about uh, Freddie Freeman. I think Dansby Swanson at 2,600. I, I know that he's much better against lefties than he is against righties, and he, he draws a right-handed matchup uh, this evening. But I think Swanson, uh, for his losses he looked earlier in the season, he, he does look like he's he started uh, to make that adjustment to major league pitching. So at just 2,600, I think that you could do a lot worse as far as your, your punt plays at shortstop are concerned. Well, I'll throw another name out there, and you're not going to like hearing it. Orlando Arcia against the Orioles. He's got a hot stick. That's a good call. Three multi-hit games his last four times out and really raking right now and a big, big producer in FanDuel play with scores of 15.7, 21.7, and 27.9 in his last four nights of play. So I'll take the hot stick here with the favorable sure. ready left matchup against the uh, unproven guy that the Orioles are throwing out tonight in Aquino. Uh, what about we go to the outfield now and uh, this is a position where you got to get it right with at least two of your picks to really have fun in FanDuel play and get in the winner's circle of course the top guy Mike Trout is definitely not in consideration despite being listed as $4,700 on the DL with a thumb injury for a couple more few more weeks anyway but the next guys there's a whole mitt full of stars here Charlie Blackman Mookie Betts Springer Duval Braun Bryce Harper and Nelson Cruz all at 4,000 or above is one of these guys going to make it into your lineup or more um I, sort of the same uh, thought process i had with daniel murphy you, you have with bryce harper here um you know when else do, are you gonna get bryce harper at four thousand? obviously again really tough matchup against Degrom, but uh, i don't think harper's necessarily uh intimidated by anybody and i i, I think i favor him against pretty much any pitcher in the game save for maybe a clayton kershaw or something so four thousand for bryce harper uh really stands out to me but uh you definitely can't go wrong with with a ryan braun at 4100 so a hundred dollars more uh but he gets to go against aquino and you know braun has shown that he's you know back to his old old self uh since returning to the disabled returning from the disabled list here so 4100 um i think that the, yeah the the top tier of outfielders tonight you know it's you can't really go wrong with any of them yeah and make the case for Nelson Cruz I know he's got the tough matchup against Jason Vargas who's been outstanding all season long but uh, Nelly Cruz has crushed left-handers for uh, his whole career and mm-hmm. uh, tonight be, could be an opportunity for, for him to be viewed as a bit of an outlier in the top group and might pay off if uh, if you do go with him I don't think he's gonna be largely owned uh, in this grouping if we take it down a notch from 3900 to 3600 dollars John are there there's a whole other bunch of go- stars here uh, and it's neat to see for me Andrew McCutcheon among them because he's really had a turnaround campaign Billy Hamilton can beat you with his feet it's interesting to see how many points he could rack up in Coors Field uh, with his legs. Carlos Gonzalez on the other side of the coin, a real threat uh, to go deep, of course. Geo Stanton, every night the same thing applies to him. There's a there's real quality here. Christian Yelich, another guy who's really raking of late, uh, also merits consideration in this group. Uh, does one of them jump out to you? I think uh, we also got to got to bring up um, JD Martinez, uh, you know, because right. he's going against a guy in tie block that. 
Uh, as I mentioned before, he's a fine pitcher, but um, he's a bit of a soft tossing left hander, and uh, that that spells trouble when you when you're going uh, against JD Martinez uh, in 30 at bats against left handers this season. He's hitting. 533 with an OPS at almost 2000 uh, and five five home runs and 30 at bats. So those are just absolutely absurd uh, splits. So I think Martinez might be the play of the night, honestly. So uh, try to get him in uh, where you can at just 3900. I love that call, John, and the others that you made in this range. What about the next grouping? I like Josh Reddick a lot in terms of all the outfielders. You talk about a guy that's raking. He's hitting well over 400 in the last week. And I like the hot stick, as you know, uh, in the middle of that great Houston offense. Uh, and I'll throw him in there tonight. I get, I get him at a bargain considering what he's done of late. So really like that opportunity. And I'll, I'll fade to you uh, and you can chime in with a couple others you like in this group. Um, I think on the other side of that game, you can find some nice value outfielders, um, you, guys like uh, Nick Marcakis or Ender Enciarte, guys that are hitting in the top third of that Braves lineup. But, you know, I think it, I've kind of established that I do like the Braves a fair bit uh, this evening, not necessarily to win, but to certainly uh, scratch some runs across a guy like Joe Musgrove. Uh, so you can get both of those guys uh, at, you know, SunTrust Park exposure. Uh, for just 3,300 uh, for for either one of them, um, I probably give a slight lean to Ender and Ciarte. Um, obviously, he hits at the top, uh, so a little bit less RBI potential than than a guy like Marquez who's hitting third. Um, but I, I think Ciarte uh, has the better game overall this evening, so uh, I think that he he would be my guy here. I'm going to throw out Andrew Benintendi. I wonder if he's got any more hits in that bat after going five for five Ridiculous. last night. But he's been on fire of late, uh, not just with that five hit effort, but but uh, there, it's been hard to keep him out of the, the hit parade. He's only been hitless once in his last 10 starts, so I'll take the fact that he's riding that hot uh, stick and uh, producing in the middle of, uh, even at the bottom end of the Boston lineup, which has been torrid, and that was really something mm-hmm. that bit the Blue Jays hard on the weekend too. So one through nine, this team can kill you, and, and Benintendi's looking for all the world as legit as uh, any of the other bats right now in that Boston group. Yep. What about any others in this range, John, or down, down to the bottom? Um, I think a guy like Michael Taylor, um, again, tough matchup, but, um, you know, you're getting exposure to the top third of that Nationals lineup, and that's never a bad thing, especially at just 2,900. So I think that he certainly warrants some consideration. Uh, Seth Smith going against a right-hander, that's pretty much the only time that you would consider using him, uh, but that does uh, happen to be the case uh, this evening. Uh, Also, Matt Kemp, if you don't have uh, too many Braves in your lineup already, uh, 2,900, so the cheapest of those starting outfielders for the Braves, but I think that he's certainly worth it as well. And in this group, I'm also going to take a shot at Shinsu Chu, a top-of-the-order hitter for the Rangers. I mean, he's been having trouble with contact rate of late, but he gets a good matchup tonight against a guy who he's tattooed over his career, so I like the chance for a rebound against Fister, and don't forget the home park effect will be in his favor. That ball travels in Texas, and uh, yes. if, if Fister's have been a hittable pitcher throughout his career. John, that's a look at all the positions from uh, from our perspective, and it's time to put our money where our mouth is. Uh, I'm curious to know how your lineup shakes out. This, this lineup is a bit of a hodgepodge, but I, I think that uh, cases can be made uh, across the board for these guys. So uh, starting off at pitcher, went towards the upper end of the board, went with Alex Wood. Um, you know, again, I really like the win probability there and, and how he's been able to pitch, especially uh, at home. 
catcher, I went with Buster Posey. Again, uh, this is a guy that uh, generally I don't pay up at catcher, but uh, I think Posey, when you can get him at just 3,500 against a left-hander, he certainly makes some sense. Uh, First base, I went uh, with Mark Reynolds home, you know, get a little bit of that course field exposure. Second base, I went the Ian Kinsler route uh, because he, you know, I think that the Tigers are going to be able to get to um, tie block a fair bit this evening. Third base, uh, Justin Turner. Uh, so I think that you might like him as well in this case. But, uh, you know, he's just uh, been unbelievable uh, over this entire first half of the season. Uh, shortstop, I got Orlando Arcia, uh, you know, getting some exposure against Aquino. And then in my outfielders, uh, Michael Taylor, Matt Kemp, and uh, Lonnie Chisenhall, who under the radar has had an unbelievable season and uh, he gets to go against the Padres. So I think that's always a good call for, for Chisenhall. I like the look of your lineup. I might take a few picks, but I, I like the look of mine. I'm curious to know what you might think of that. I, I switched to Garrett Cole just before we went to air. I love the matchup against Philadelphia. The win probability sure. guiding me and the high strikeout possibility there as well. Yes, Manny Grandel for Arizona. I know he has a tough matchup, but I'm betting on him uh, at $3,100, a price tag that I couldn't pass up given the year he's having. Joe Maurer also turned back the clock, like I said, and he sucked me in tonight uh, in a tough matchup against a pitcher he knows very that he can handle uh, the kids. Uh, he, kn- he knows his way around. He's got a good batting eye that's led to a lot of walks as well as hits of late. So he's getting on base and could be having a pr- in for a productive night. Then that smelly second baseman for Texas, you know what I'm <laughs> talking about, $3,500. Uh, too much to pass up there. Even I had to go on that one. You spoke of Justin Turner. He sold both of us tonight. $3,400, a great price tag. Segura also, as I said, came back with a bang and has hit the ground running since he came back to good health. And at $3,300, I think he's undervalued there, so I'll jump on that. Then in the outfield, I kind of went away from some of the top end and went with guys like Andrew Benintendi, Josh Reddick, and Shinsu Chu, saving money and almost looks like a bit of a punt play when you consider some of the other options. But if these guys come through, I've spent money elsewhere that could pay off. I like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about the optimizer, John? What does it spit out today? Uh, if you, the baseline optimizer lineup for the, for the night slate this evening, uh, has John Gray at pitcher. Um, so obviously it thinks that, um, despite, uh, pitching at cores this evening, uh, John Gray has, has an edge over those Cincinnati bats. Uh, it's, you know, certainly one where there's not going to be a ton of, uh, ownership, uh, for Gray. So that'll cer- certainly, uh, set your lineup apart a bit, uh, at catcher. It likes Buster Posey first base. It likes Paul Goldschmidt, uh, despite the tough matchup there at just 4,100, uh, premium, uh, position player here at, in Jose Altuve at 3,900. Uh, it also likes Justin Turner. We're all Justin Turner fans today. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and then at, at a shortstop, we got Elvis Andrews, uh, going against Boston, uh, going against Fister. And then uh, the optimizer in the outfield likes Bryce Harper against DeGrom. It likes Justin Upton against Ty Block at just 3,300. Uh, and then Cameron Maben up in Minnesota against Big Irv. So that's interesting. The optimizer went with a couple of low balls in the outfield like I did. I'm kind of curious if we're onto something here for a change. <laughs> John, we're a few days away from the All-Star break. And uh, Rotowire's annual trek to Vegas, you and I are more than excited about that one for sure. But in the meantime, let's consider another futures bet of note. If you had to pick right now, who are your three leading candidates in order for the Cy Young in both leagues? Let's go with the National League first. Okay, in the the National League, um, probably... 
I got to go Scherzer, number one. I think he's uh, had the best uh, season of any pitcher in all of baseball. And then I think his teammate, Steven Strasburg, uh, certainly warrants some consideration. Uh, and then uh, my, my third would, would you can't uh, have a Cy Young list without Clayton Kershaw, especially when you're talking about the NL. Uh, so those would be my three uh, in that case. And then uh, for the AL, if Dallas Keuchel is able to come back uh, strong, I think that he, he could make a push uh, for it. I think Corey Kluber uh, also, you know, since he's come back, has been uh, probably the most dominant pitcher in the American League. And then, uh, you know, th- this kind of could turn into a, a J.A. Happ type of situation from last year where he, he had the impressive win total, but maybe not the greatest stuff in the world. Uh, but Jason Vargas, uh, I think, at least deserves uh, to be in the conversation for, you know, considering how well he's pitched, at least through the first half of the season. So if he continues it, he's going to be pushing 20 wins, and, you know, he'll be in the conversation whether you like it or not. And uh, for me, with the American League, I'll add uh, Santana to the list. I mean, this is a guy who was one, among the more hittable pitchers in many of the pre- last few years, but really has... Uh, gone back in time to find his best days and and backed by a team that's that's uh, given him a high win probability every time out this is a fun team to watch and Irvin Santana must be enjoying the ride and he'll be on the fringes of this discussion too Uh, I don't know if you mentioned Chris Sale but that's to me the prohibitive favorite so far in the American League Uh, you mentioned also the favorites in the National League I concur certainly with Scherzer and Kershaw the classes of the field Grinke has a chance to be in the mix too Uh, as long as he continues to pitch well and Arizona continues to give him the high win probability uh, every time out. Uh, John, we also uh, teased the home run hitting contest. The eight guys that are in there are Sano, Judge, Gary Sanchez, Mike Bustakis for the American League, Gio Stanton, Cody Bellinger, Justin Boer, and Charlie Blackman of the National League. Who's your pick to win this thing, and do you have a dark horse? Uh, I think my pick's going to be Miguel Sano. I, you know, I, I think that obviously any of these guys uh, can take this contest. Um, I, I'd probably give Moustakis the worst odds, though. Um, but I think Sano, uh, his, his power is, is he doesn't get talked about uh, the same way of, as, you know, your Aaron Judges or your Cody Bellingers. But he's he's unbelievable uh, powered all fields there. So I, I really like his chances uh, to go to uh, go deep into the contest and potentially win it. And then if I had to go with the dark horse, uh, something about Charlie Blackman, I think that that in that home run derby setting, I think that he might uh, show that he's got more pop than, than what we see uh, in game action on the regular basis. I love your call on Sano. He was my dark horse uh, because I, I wonder how many people realize he's right at the top of the list when talk, you talk about hard hit balls and he's just crushing it more often than anybody else all season long. That's judge included as far as I, I can tell from the graphics that, that I've been able to unearth. So I like him in that call. Another dark horse, I'll, I'll say Justin Boer uh, with the hometown advantage in Miami. But for me, the favorite in this thing is Gio Stanton. you got to believe that this guy's licking his lips mm-hmm. with the chance to, to go head-to-head with Judge. And I think this is this might be too big a stage for Judge to early, so early in his career. I'm kind of mm-hmm. kind of fading him in this whole contest. So I'm, I'm wondering if I'll be wrong in that regard, and I'll be in the minority for sure. I know that because he's leading the world in home runs. But I just think that on this big stage, the spotlight will be on him, and this is one opportunity where I don't quite expect him to measure up. So uh, right. I wonder about that. Uh, so there you have it. For John McKechnie, who's a great follow, at Johnny McKex, I'm Paul Bruno, and you can follow me at Statsman22. We wish you good luck with your fan duel plays. Come back and listen to our pods on a daily basis and get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody.